From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 496. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good, my friend. How are you? I'm very good, I think. You know, I always say that. I was like, I know Mike's going to ask me how I'm doing. I'm always going to say very good. But am I? Am I really? And actually, yes, I am very good. So, hey, it's good to be very good every Wednesday. Uh, to record this show, Mike, only four episodes until oh, episode five. Don't mention it. <laughs> uh, don't uh, like as listeners, as listeners can tell, <laughs> we are we have completely not thought about episode five hundred. Y'all are all y'all should be uh, set up to be let down. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Here's to, look, I was thinking like about just, this earlier. I give up. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier. Here's what we'll promise you: that we'll do it. That's the promise. The promise is we will be recording episode 500 on February 9th. That's the promise, right? That's all we have committed to. And it has taken at points in the last couple of months a lot of work to keep that commitment. Um, But that's the commitment we're making. Outside of that, we make no promises for what that episode's going to be. Yep. So there you go. That's the best. When in Rome, do. we'll promise. We'll mm-hmm. promise something. All right. Um, we had some really good follow up this week that I wanted to get to. First bit around my theme, where last week I talked about my theme for the year being the year of the reboot, but mm-hmm. I also mentioned that I had real trouble if that word is the word that I want to use to define my theme. And uh, emailer uh, Kelly sent me an email uh, who said, I think the word you're looking for is reset, right? Because the reboot can be this big, broad thing. And I'm wanting like that transition reset as I move from task to task to, you know, be able to like flip this switch, kind of move into work to play or play to relaxation or relaxation to work. You know, it's a reset, you know, not really a reboot. That seems that's a little bit bigger of a word and reset I think is a more accurate word for like what I'm I'm thinking about of in like a little bit of a shift. What do you think about that word? Reset's good. I still yeah. wanna I think I pushed it last time and I'll push again foundation. It's a really okay. good theme name. Um that I wished I would have used that name for my theme um because it was quite similar to, to yours in a way last okay. year. Yes. Um, yeah. And I used uh, the year of reinvention, which is not too mm-hmm. far away from what you're mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. And l- went in doing the review, came across foundation and realized that I liked that way more. So okay. th- but both of these work. Ultimately, um, you've got to go with what feels right for you. Right. Uh, what what you know like what makes sense to you uh, on a poster you know like of your life kind of thing so right right so kelly had a couple of good points in the email one was like consider creating a ritual between you know in that you know reset phase right mm-hmm. what is the ritual between okay work is done for the day and now i'm free like my brain is free my mind is free but like is there something that's like a marker right that ritual right. um right and then uh secondly i've had this before or had these thoughts before about the racing brain, right? Like the brain just constantly going, Uh um, as making just like a trash notebook essentially, right? Like just a complete garbage notebook that you can just like literally scribble in. And I I mean that in the, in the most, you know, exact sense of the word, like just grab the notebook and just 
draw a bunch of lines, scribble, you know, whatever comes out, comes out. And that notebook is for that, just trying to, you know, rewire your brain for a second, you know, whether it's, you know, in the middle of the day or in the evening and, you know, just try to try to escape for a second, but have like a kind of a no commitment notebook um, type of situation that just gets purely destroyed and, you know, tossed when you're done with it. So I thought that was some some good stuff. I was thinking maybe uh, habit could also be an interesting. Yeah, I I I hate that word. Right. Okay. Um. But that's a that's an entire other podcast. Well, then maybe like I I don't hate that word. Mm-hmm. Like I I get the word, but like the, it's got some of the like hashtag productivity connotations that I I yeah I just yeah. Can't, habit tracking. I can't, that's the whole yeah. thing. Now. Which is good. Like I've tracked I track a lot of things. Right. But like the the recurring scheduling habit and stuff, it's it's just a whole a whole thing for me. So I like I'm like I believe in habits, but I don't like go like full like habit habit days, you yeah. know, in, in the way that I do things. It's never really worked for me in f- the full sense of the words. But I I do know that that's a very it's a very positive term. But like I just I don't do good with it. Okay. Yeah, just me, just me. So I like reset. I'm going to look at, I wrote down foundation. Um, I'll think about this a little bit more, but I'm still, the whole point of this is like, this is a process, right? Like today we don't solve the reset, right? But we think about it and we work on it, you know, for the rest of the year and the years to come, right? That's that's what this is about. So uh, I appreciate the, the feedback, Kelly, and I think it was uh, very, very smart and uh, I like it a lot. Second bit of feedback, Mike, from Mm -hmm. another smart listener by the name of CY from our friends over at Tokyo Inklings, um, reached out about the Sailor Bespoke conversation we were having. Yeah. And he let me know, and I think you were copied in these tweets, that this is actually what we were talking about, the website, the Sailor Bespoke website, was the Sailor customization that you could physically do at the Ancora shop that CY uh, had talked about going in and doing. So this is the next phase in that original customization and building. Uh, I like how uh, build build a pin or build a gear, right? The build a pro gear um, at the physical shop. This is now the online version of that and like i asked like where are these pins being built and then see why confirmed that they're actually built at the factory um you know you order on site uh, you order through the website factory build like all the parts are made it's just an assembly type of thing and um that's how they'll be able to like shift in like hey this is this limited edition barrel type of type of thing um he also mentioned that I forgot to mention that the Naganata nibs are available as an option on these, which is a big deal. And I saw that before and I, it was in my notes and I forgot to mention it. So that's one of the Sailor uh, Bespoke nibs mm-hmm. that they're offering with this. Obviously a premium price on that and I couldn't get that exact premium off the website. It several hundred dollars premium. But what's good about that is for someone like myself who actually has always wanted one of those nibs, the only option for me to easily get in the States was that nib in a standard black pen with gold trim, right? Right. So, which has never been something that I'm interested in for that pen. So I would hold off and now I can look at that nib, still just a gold plated nib, right? The 
the other 21 karat uh, pro gear nibs for this bespoke thing you can get in the rhodium plated or the ionized plating but i can get the naganata nib at least in a cool barrel that speaks to me a little bit more than the than the basic barrel that it ships in for now i think the the model if you get the naganata nib and just the basic black and gold barrel i think it's around 600 us somewhere in that ballpark so i imagine there'll be a little bit more in that custom thing and i don't know that that's ever going to be something like totally worth it for me but that is pretty cool i think that sailor is doing that um as an option to have that specialty aspect into this yep and hopefully so. we get them one day yeah, I did like, have a vague memory when we were talking about this mm-hmm. last week, feeling like we'd spoken about it before, but what we had spoken about mm-hmm. before was that store thing. Yeah, and the thing we mentioned, I mentioned last week, like the website, when you go to the Sailor Bespoke website, the shop link is to the Ancora store, Yeah, right? Like it's not just like to Sailor Sailor's main website, it's to yeah. Ancora itself, so. Um, anyway, I... This is cool. Like if they keep working on this and building on this, like, and I, I feel like the the price is right for it. I think it could be a thing, you know, it might be something. I don't know if we'll ever like, you know, if they'll be able to like ship to the U.S. type of thing, like a worldwide type of thing. But it's it's fun to watch and, and see what happens here. So I, I think it's pretty cool. Maybe. And since we've been missing out on so much sailor news, Mike, I thought we'd talk about a, a, a new sailor launch real quick. Yeah. One that you might be interested in. <laughs> yeah, things change, but the the Sailor Cocktail series has always yeah. been a real popular series. The first series was what 12, 15 pins. Yeah, I've never and owned they, one of these. I've never had one. I've never got I've, one of the cocktail ones. I have never owned a cocktail one either, mm-hmm. and now they have Cocktail Series 2. So this is five pins based on uh gin drinks. So um, I don't know what most of these drinks are outside of the gin martini. There's an yeah. Argentina, a Blue Train, a Violet Fizz, and an Around the World. Yeah, great looking pens. Let here. me tell what you right think? now, this set I think includes the very best cocktail themed pro gear they've ever made. Can you guess which one I'm Ooh. talking about? I think the gin martini. It is absolutely perfect. I agree. It is the main body of the pen is like frosted clear, like mm-hmm. the alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the grip section and the end finial are olive green, and mm-hmm. the end finial on the cap is the what is it that is inside of the olive, the little red thing? The pit. The pit. Yeah, it's the color of the no, like you know when they, you know when you get an olive, and they mm-hmm. put that red part in the middle, like they hollow it out and they put it in there, and oh man, what is that called? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not an olive uh, or a martini person, so it's. Uh, I don't know if it's a pepper. Is it not like a? I always thought it was the pit. Pimento. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's the word I'm looking for. But it's pimento, the pepper, whatever it is that goes. But inside. it's the red. It's like that visual that pimento everyone was what knows. I wanted to say. Yeah, so it's yeah. that color. It's this is absolutely perfect. It's really, really fantastic. Right, like it's it's the least like visually stunning, right? Mm-hmm. When you're sitting next to like orange pins and mint green pins and purple and blue, but it's the most accurate, correct representation. Yep. It's also of like if you an like idea vodka martinis. This is it's the exact same color palette, right? Like it would work yep. just as well. Um, yeah, I think this is absolutely 
they nailed it with that one. The rest of them, I mean, they just look fun, right? Color. They look like they've done. Yeah, they look like they've done them before. Especially yeah. the orange. Yeah. Like they've done a lot of orange. I think the blue train is actually one of the more interesting ones. They've done a lot of blue pins, but not in this type of setup. Yeah. Um, the purple and the the green are you know pretty common types of mix and match colors that they use a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's cool. Like um, all these are the standard pro gears, the twenty one. Uh, 21 karat gold nibs, you know, the full size pro gear. Um, they're all at the new price point, you know, which makes them probably like around $380 US. Yeah, if you, you, know. bu- you can buy, so Fontaplumo with the length of Fontaplumo and the show notes, they've got them all up here. You can buy all five. You can buy a once. set, yeah. And it's uh, 16. Oh, that's in, not including VAT. Ah, uh, you see, that's how they get you. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, 390 each. You don't get any. Yeah. If you buy the whole thing, they're 390 each. So it's like right, 1950 right, right. euros, including VAT. Well, so come you on, do you get not a carry really get savings that. for buying all five at once. But yeah, if, so if you want to do that. I, I think these will be popular. This is also an international release, which is means uh, not available in Japan, I believe is how they define international. But um, so this will be a worldwide release if you're interested in these types of pens. You know, you should be able to um, you should be able to acquire one. And these are regular the in- size pro gear? Yeah, the full, the big size pro gear. Pro $400, gear. man. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a minute with our, uh, with our wonderful show sponsor. I actually have a, I have a, actually have a tip, Ooh, a pro I love tip I love when pro we tips. get into uh, our good friends at Penchelet. Let's talk about them. Penchelet sell everything you're looking for from all of the brands that you love. Whether you want a rollerball or a fountain pen, maybe you want something from Sailor, maybe you want something from Caveco or Monteverde. They've got everything. They do very fast and reliable customer service. Penchelet have fantastic deals and Couple every couple of weeks, you're going to find new fantastic sale prices over at Pen Chalet, as well as brand new products being added all the time. Pen Chalet also has uh, limited edition products and accessories. So whether you're looking for refills, inks, converters, uh, maybe you want some carrying cases, maybe you want like some mechanical pencils, or you know, like whatever you're looking for, Pen Chalet will have it. And there's a few reasons why you should always go there first. You can get free shipping on orders of $50 in the U.S. They sell internationally with great shipping rates. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. And because you listen to this show, you can get 10% off anything at Penchalet by going to penchalet.com, clicking the podcast link at the top of the website, and using the password penaddict. This is where you will get your 10% code, and you'll be able to feast your eyes on some special offers. Isn't that right, Brad? It is, and it's this actually has something on the list that I've been shopping for, which is the the new Montegrappa Elmo O2 fountain pen. I've talked about how much I love the Montegrappa Elmo. I'm guessing I'm going to call it the O1 now. So this one is a little bit upgraded in like the trim design mm-hmm. of the pen. Do you and, think, Brad, that this mm-hmm. pen has a problem with Rocco? That's cool. That's that's I, you know what I was hoping that I, was gonna I, happen. I like that you there. Gone, I like you, Mike. Has that gone over your head? Or did you get it? I mean, I kind of get it. Like okay. I'm just trying to think of Elmo's pink friend. Uh, what's her name? Katie. Katie. Yeah, that's yeah. that's all I, I'm thinking about. But Good yes, I, I get it. Good memes. I Good enjoyed memes. that one a lot. I'll put a link in the show notes <laughs> if you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Good job by you. So, um, yeah, Zoe. That's who I'm thinking of. Zoe. That's who I'm thinking of. Uh, maybe that's like a, a American British translation thing. I don't know. Anyway, the oh, Elmo. Zoe, no, I just got that wrong. I, it's yeah, Zoe, yeah, not Katie. Yeah, Zoe. Um, there's also I'm kind of shocked to see this Visconti uh, 
Visconti Opera Carousel, these demonstrator ballpoints at a really, really outrageously low price. Like that's not normally my thing, right? That style, and I know you're not a Visconti clip person, but the price is pretty, pretty great. They also have the uh, the pi- uh, Paniter Alchemist, which I think is a, a killer Fun name for color. a pen. I think mm. it's a cool color. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't have one of those. Um, so yeah, and then if you scroll down to the bottom, there's a Platinum 3776. They have a few of the celluloid models, Mike, uh, which people have... Um, have been uh, checking out in the past. Let me that, tell you, uh, one of the ones there. that they've got there is mm-hmm. the um, cherry blossom. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it's and, great. Adina has that one, and it's awesome. Yep. Especially All right, so let me price. get to you before we wrap up this ad, since this is still still considered the ad. Let me get to this. Uh, I don't, it's not a tip. It's more of a confusion in a positive way for consumers. So the Sailor Pro Gear Limited Edition Tea Time Series, the red one in the slim. Uh, body is only two hundred dollars, and they just came out with this pen. I don't know why the price is not two hundred and eighty dollars since this is a newly launched pen. Um, it's if you're into sailors and haven't been able to, you know, justify the price uh, since the price increase. This is a brand new launch, like within the past month, and the price is crazy low for the red. Uh, tea time series so it's it's you should check it out like there's not many left oh, but it's it's only two hundred dollars so it's nice and you looking can get, too yeah it's great it's a great pen and it's as good a price as you're gonna find sailor these days and you can you can get uh get it through the our good buddies over at penchalet so yeah right. there's my sailor tip good one go to penchalet.com p-e-n-c-h-a-l-e-t.com and use the password PenAddict by clicking the link for podcasts at the top of the website. Our thanks to Penchalet for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. All right, Mike, a little different segment this week. We get into this, I don't know, a couple times a year, we kind of do like a behind the scenes business of podcasting, blogging, uh-huh. you know, business of pens type of stuff. And, and people always enjoy this stuff. And we got a couple of good questions in the email inbox this week that I wanted to kind of roll together and talk about this in one big segment. So how about I read this, read this email. You want to read it. Okay. Let me read this email. All right. Um, I'll let you read the next one. It's pretty, this email is pretty short, but it covers a, I have a lot to say about this. So it says, hi, Brad, always interested in the podcast and yours and Mike's thoughts, but here's the thing. And it's come up before and I've never bothered to comment, but why not? So you made an obviously, obviously, Oh, uh, this, this is, is like why last I should week. read it. I wouldn't <laughs> so have struggled with <laughs> the word observation. <laughs> so you made an observation about the similarity of the Mayora and Leonardo pens and noted their roots in Delta. You noted that Mayora had bought the Delta name in their leftover stock, but why not go the step further and reach out to the distributors and ask what's up? We are all great admirers of Tokyo Inklings. What distinguishes their podcast is the element of investigative journalism. What happened to Tomoe River? What's happening with the newly reformulated sailor company? What's going on in Ancora? And so on. So reading Japanese is one thing, but you could reach out as the major authority, this is in all caps, on pens, and ask the distributors at least what's up. Just pointing out the similarities is good, but as our representative, as our journalist, couldn't you use your clout and ask around a little? So, mm, Brad Dowdy, I, asleep at the wheel here. <laughs> so uh, I appreciated this email, and I asked Nick if I could share it on the podcast. That's who sent me the email, and I, I said, "I'll be just." I, I think this is a good podcast topic. We can address like 
you know, what I think about as I do my job, right? Like, what do I think about, you know, digging into things a little bit more, being an investigative journalist and, and asking the tough questions, the hard-hitting questions, right? And, uh, and putting on my, my, my journalist hat and, and going for it. Um, so there's a lot I have to say about this. And the first part of it comes up is what are my goals? with what I do, right? So what are my goals of the Pin Addict, the Pin Addict podcast, talking about stationery, um, and, you know, this whole business that I'm in. And while, yeah, I am, you know, one of the authorities. God, I hate that word. You know, I don't like that. Um, what did we decide I was? Tastemaker? <laughs> that, like that, that was one. the word. Yeah, tastemaker. Um, I, the things that get me going about what I do are education, entertainment, and fun, right? And when you start getting into being a journalist, which I'm not, being a newsbreaker, which I'm not, it stops being fun for me, right? Like, I've done those things before where I've tried to, like, sort out, like, the dealings and the, and the back ends and figuring out all those things. And I get why people like that type of information, and that type of, you know, a lot of it's gossipy, right? I just don't think it's valuable to me to spend time on. I don't think it's worth the drama that comes up from this. Um, I understand that we're dealing with pens here, right? We're not dealing with climate change, right? Like, I'm not trying to dig up, like, all of the business details, right? So do I passively not ask some of these questions sometimes, but sometimes I do ask the questions. So let's talk about the Delta conversation from last week. Wait, but can I, can I, before we do? Please, 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 please. So like I, this, you know, if someone could ask me this question similarly for all of the shows that I do in general, mm -hmm. like all of the shows mm -hmm. I do about Apple and stuff like this, like mm -hmm. I consider myself uh, like sitting in a few different camps of like pundit, communicator, and commentator. Mm -hmm. I am not a journalist and right. I have no desire to be a journalist. I right. do not reach out for comment to come right. to any tech company. Um, neither do I entertain it, right? Like, right. I don't want a PR person blowing up my inbox to try and suggest <laughs> to me why they're doing the thing the way that they're doing it because by and large, because look, this is the thing of, well, right? Like, Companies are only ever going to tell you what they want you to know. Yep. And so asking <laughs> for comment all the time constantly <laughs> is kind of pointless. I feel like there is yep. more interest in us just talking about how something makes us feel and what we think might be going on inside. Like we can pontificate what's going on inside. Mm -hmm. And like every now and then, so like on one of my other shows, you know, some of my tech shows, I get to talk to people that work at Apple. And that yeah. that can be interesting for sure, right? And like mm -hmm. from the way that we like to approach it, we try and just have conversations rather than like, why don't you come on and give us a keynote? Right. Um, but, you know, it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like that there is more to be said from an entertainment perspective from the two of us talking about what we think and how things make us feel than there is um, really trying to like hunt down the answers and like right. i'm not saying that 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 it's wrong right to suggest what was the name of the person you didn't put in the document 
Did you, the name did of the, the word. person give you? Oh, Nick. 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 Like, I'm not saying that what Nick might want here is wrong, but it's right. a different kind of thing. Correct. So. Yep. I'm happy. Like, we're happy that Tokyo Inklings exists because every now and then they uncover a thing that we want to talk about. <laughs> That's but exactly I don't want right. to be the person chasing down <laughs> Lamy's PR person to try and understand <laughs> where their colors are this year, you know? <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, I think the, the commentator name is is kind of what I, I landed on as well. I'm not a journalist. I'm not an analyst, right? Like, I'm, I'm a, a commentator about this. So, the Delta thing specifically, before I run back uh, some of the things you just you just said, because I want to expand on them in a little bit more on where I do get information from. Um, the night after we posted the Delta, um, the last week's podcast, I got a text and said, "Hey, I have all the Delta information you want. Here it is," and told me all the diff- <laughs> told me Would all you the speak information. To deep throat. Yeah, down in and the car park. Yeah, and it's all told to me in confidence, right? Yeah. So, like, it's no longer, it's not going to be a topic on the show. Like, I'm not going to repeat what was told to me in confidence. Right. Right. So, just because I don't talk about the questions doesn't mean I don't have the answers either, right? right. <laughs> so, right, right, right. I'm not going to share all the information I have, again, because it goes back to what what do I enjoy doing? And it's not um, getting into... The weeds of well, I mean, the, frankly, you the, have the information. You could now share that information. Confidence is right. nothing if you are that type of journalist. Like, right? You know, if you feel like there's a story to be told, you can tell the story, right? Right, but right. But I have like literally are. no interest in repeating yeah. anything about that conversation. So, so uh, Nick mentions uh, about about Tokyo Inklings. We obviously love. CY and Jacob, we had great follow up from just the conversation a minute ago, right? That like they're like really, really good friends and they have a really, really good relationship um, with a, a lot of manufacturers over there or a lot of people in the businesses over there. So I wanted to discuss like where I do get information from. So, like Nick mentions, you know, maybe ask the distributors at least what's up. The distributor is the last person you want to talk to. The distributors are some of my best friends in the U.S. All the distrib- all my distributor friends who are going to listen to this. I'm not talking about you specifically, but I'm talking about your job. Your job is to be the PR arm for the companies you represent. So there will never be any information I get from a distributor that's not that doesn't have a public relations spin that I can repeat. Sure, mm-hmm. I will get stuff again in confidence that is not something I'll ever repeat, and I've never. You know, I've never gone back on my word with anyone that I've ever talked to about business stuff. They told me I can't repeat it or this is, you know, on background, like it stays there, right? I'm not in the business of reporting that information. Companies would be nice to talk to, but again, like Mike's deal, the bigger the company, the more impenetrable they are, right? Like you're only going to get... You're going to get, if it's a big company, you're going to get talked to my distributor. And well, that's a no-go because the distributor is only going to give me the PR version of what I want to know. And small companies are willing to talk because they have a more direct relationship to the customer, which gets us to the retailers. That's where we get the most information from because the retailers, their number one priority is to take care of their customers. And if they have information 
that needs to be available for their customers, they're going to do their best to share that. So I get a, most of my like inside info from retailers. And the same thing goes, I think, for like CY was able to go to Ancora, work with the salespeople there, and figure out what's going on, right? The retailers are willing to share kind of the ins and outs of what's going on. You know, nothing from Sailor Corporate's coming down about this, right? Um, you know, Tomoegawa is a public company. Jacob's able to get the 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 paperwork dealings and the sailors uh, a public company and get the paperwork dealings and figure out what's going on business-wise there, right? That's really, really valuable information, and I'm glad they get it. But if I'm going to go to someone... I'm going to retailers. Those are the people on my speed dial for, let's say, the dirt, right? Not stuff that I need to share, but like, hey, if I really need this information and I think it's really, then I'm not going to get it from a distributor or from a company. I'm going to ask a retailer because they're going to know a lot. So that's kind of how my, you know, if I need to find out information, that's how things work because you have to realize when you're dealing with a company, or a distributor or a retailer what their end game is right and a distributor's end game is to sell as much of their companies the companies they represent's product so what are you really going to get from them right nothing bad right even if something's going wrong like platinum curados you know this is no knock on luxury brands but when we had a problem with the platinum curados when it came out it was impossible to get information Right, I'm asking luxury brands. Luxury brands is going back to platinum. They're telling me platinum's not telling them anything. What am I supposed to do, right? So, and, and no one wants to have any negative publicity. So you end up getting nothing. We pretty much got nothing out of all that until it was just like, hey, we'll replace any crack feeds through your retailer. Mm -hmm. So again, I get the retailers to get that information. So I think about all this stuff. This is why this was an awesome email from Nick. And I, I love this email, but it's so complex to say, to take, why don't you just ask them into what the reality of the situation is, one, and the desire for me to spend my time doing that too, right? <laughs> so it's almost nothing good ever comes out of spending all of that time doing that. No, nothing positive will come out of the amount of time. It's just not the right balance to really dig into to that stuff for me and then that's why i'm lucky we have people who do do that right so yep. we can just comment on the things so there you go i think I, I think i covered what i wanted to say but yeah like it's it's super interesting like we all want to know we all want to know like the gossip right we all want to be the the pen tmz right Ooh, drama and it's just like i used to get involved in that and I've had my regrets and made some mistakes back in the day of just like leaning into the drama. And I just don't do that anymore. It doesn't do it for me. I'd rather just help. I'd rather just help people on their pin journeys. And if we, if we can figure out, if we figure out other things about how the the, side, the business side of things work, we'll share them. But like, I'm never going to go like full journalist mode and, uh, and, and nail some of this stuff down. It's just not in my best interests. Uh, the next question came from I don't know. You also haven't put this. Oh, I'm name sorry. Uh, this is from Carol. So Carol, I told her I would answer this on the show as well. Carol, and this is kind questions. of related, but a little yeah. bit different. Uh, one, have you? This is to both of us. But yeah. have you ever found a brand or item that you first reviewed, 
and used, only to find months or years later it was wi- it was worse or better than you originally thought. If mm-hmm. so, do you hand or have a way of communicating this? So yeah, I'm I'm trying to think if I've had a product that I was really really happy with in the beginning for even a lengthy period of time and then something changed. I couldn't really come up with one, mm-hmm. but I would 100% communicate it, right? Like these are living, you know, items that get used, so right when you're dealing with products, like things change over time to where the story is different from uh, at day 100 than it is on day one. It's hard. Like, I can update a blog post all I want, but that only kind of helps for, like, future, like, searches on the blog post. I would rather just talk about it here on the podcast. I don't know that we've ever, like... Well, I think... Okay, the, I think a, the easiest way specific. I, I can answer this is kind of, but it's slow. Like, I Ooh, can't think one. of any product that I've used... Well, like I've got all one. of a sudden, maybe you do, but for me, all of a sudden, my opinions changed. My opinion changes over time, and I talk about that. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when I first got a vanishing point, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, this is incredible, I love it. And then the more I used it, I was like, actually, this is uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. And then I followed that through on the show over time, right? Of like, like right. this originally blew me away, but then. I started to find other stuff that I liked as much, if not more, and then realized that like it isn't a comfortable experience. So like that's yeah. kind of like for me, it goes more slowly. I I can't think of a time where I've had something where I've like done a big one eighty on it all of a sudden. Yeah, I found I I have one. Um, do you remember my Optima that was in the Shoptima? Uh, yep. So what happened with my Aurora Optima Clear Demonstrator? is it snapped in the middle, right? There was a weak point in the barrel to where one day it just snapped. And this was an expensive pen. It was a pen I wanted very, very badly. And I ended up having to send it back, you know, basically did like a warranty claim on that. And I got it back and like, it's fine now, Mm -hmm. but it's never been fine in my head to where I'm comfortable with it as much as I loved it in the beginning. I now like it less and rarely use it because I went through this whole experience of it. Now I have a different Optima that I use (laughs) the gray one that we got at the fountain pen hospital. I use that one all the time, but I never use my uh, demonstrator Optima just because I it has like this cloud over it. So I talked about that here on the show, right? Like how this was a problem that some of the Optimus had that I found out after the fact that, yeah, this is something they'll fix and replace, but it doesn't mean it's not annoying. And it changed my opinion of that pen, even though I use a similar model um, for that. But yeah, so we communicate that on, on, on the, on the podcast is the easiest way for me, but you know, that's just a little bit lucky that we have this outlet to, to share those because if I had a blog post and then updated the blog post, who's actually going to really see that unless I, like resurface it to the top so yeah okay and then there's the second question have you ever been so taken or so repelled by a brand or item that you find that you're not balanced enough to provide a fair assessment yeah the, the i've talked about this one a lot um the vinvestus pin that i received early on like right after their kickstarter is i th- think one of the only pins i've ever received tested it out and sent it right back saying, I can't use this. Like there is nothing good is going to come out of me just eviscerating this pen in a review. So please here, 
have it back. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've talked about that. They've changed owners like three times now. Um, the previous owner was, would basically like verbally attack people who reviewed the pen badly, like in mails and direct messages. And mm. I've seen copies of these things. Again, it goes back to the previous thing. It's like, I see all these things, but it's like, I don't really need the drama to like have a spend a whole episode going through like back channel of Investus emails. Right. <laughs> but now they have a new owner. So like that's done, but it's still the same pen. So like, I just don't have any, they've changed the pen. They've made a bunch of modifications. They're actually getting some more positive reviews, but like, I just have zero desire to, to mess with that again you know it's just kind of one of those like i'll give products a second chance plenty of times but there are cases that that i won't as well so well um i, I have an example for you too mm-hmm. estabrook yeah which which one <laughs> well like in that you didn't talk about the company for a while oh yeah sure right oh yeah the, so the 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 robert rosenberg period yeah. of estabrook they were banned from the show yeah because of, and, there was some some issues, and Kenro as a distributor was banned from reviews. <laughs> and I told them, like I just straight up told them, like, but I don't sit here and, you know, we're not going to sit here and just like discuss that every podcast, right? You know, but there was a time where I would not work with Kenro, um, and they know this. This is not a secret, and this mm-hmm. is not you know not not public information. But it was like while this man is an employee, I'm not going to review. Kenro products and he was gone and we just we turned the faucet back on again they respect they respect why I like so when you work with a distributor even though like I'm it's the PR arm they understand where people like myself good distributors understand where someone like myself who reviews products has an opinion takes a stand and they respect that I I could not respect them anymore for listening to me and going, Brad, we get it, and we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Like, it's one of the best outcomes I could hope for, you know? And, you know, as soon as the situation was was taken care of, we had an email, we had a phone call, we turned the faucet back on, and everything's good to go. Like, it's this mutual respect that we have for working with each other. Yep. And again, like, on, on a similar note for me personally, like, again, this happens a lot in tech. People are like, oh, you're biased. Yeah, of course I am. Yeah. Like, humans have bias, right? And like, I never claim to be an unbiased person. Like, I have biases, and mm-hmm. I lean into my biases. MKBHD was talking about this really great one, so I was trying to find the video and put it in the show notes. It's like, if you pay attention to my content, you know my biases, use right. that as the baseline for any opinion you want from me. Exactly. Like, make up your mind about what you think I'm biased from and then go with it from there. Like, for example, you know, people would obviously think I'm biased towards Apple because I am. Uh, mm-hmm. If I say something's bad, you know it's going to be bad, right? Because if, if right. I, you know, like if I even feel that way, then imagine how someone who is more neutral would feel. So you can use that as a bias and then, and then go on from there. It's It's right. like, I really like this way of thinking about it. Like to try and... For people to say, oh, I'm not biased, you're wrong. Like Exactly. So, like, I, I always say I'm biased uh, against bad products, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm biased towards good stationery. That's why when there are bad products, and there's plenty of them, I just choose not to spend my time mm-hmm. uh, discussing them. That's a bias, right? It's like 
but I don't get enjoyment about that. MKBHD had a great tweet just this morning. He's like, hey, you know, my my Pixel 6, like something's wrong with it. It's not like, I don't know if it was the battery thing. I haven't I haven't pulled up the tweet yet. Yeah, so he but says, he's um, like, I can no Pixel longer recommend Pro, this product. Yeah, my Pixel 6 Pro has slowly gotten so buggy since launch in October that I can no longer, no longer recommend it at $900. Combined with the latest botched update, it's been a bad experience. My SIM is back it, in my S21 Ultra until the next review. And this is like the biggest tech YouTuber there is, or one yeah, of them, I, I right? I sent this to and, some friends and was like, there are people at Google PR whose head mm-hmm. is on fire right now. But this is how you do it when you're in his position. That's yeah. how you gain trust. It's not that you're biased for Google or for Apple. It's that you're, you're biased towards honest <laughs> representation yeah. of what your experience is, right? Like, that's my bias, right? So I just, it doesn't mean that the product is perfect. It doesn't mean that you're going to like it. It means that, hey, I'm sharing you with you my experience, and hopefully this bulk of experiences that I've had makes you understand where I'm coming from, where my biases are, and what you should take from this information. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that was, uh, I that tweet just this morning, like a couple hours ago, like really resounded with me. I was like, yeah, that that's great. That's how you do it. So there you go. Good stuff. It's yeah. it's. I enjoy talking about this stuff because like context is so hard. We talk about that all the time. Yeah. Even just even though I can sit here and ramble, you still don't cover like all the context that goes on in these decisions and what happens behind the scenes mm-hmm. and you know all the stuff uh, we enjoy talking about. Um, but yeah, like you know, just to to put a bow on it. You know, if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. I'm not going to do it, and um, being an investigative journalist is not something I enjoy, and talking about bad products is not something I enjoy, so I'm biased in that I won't talk about those things <laughs> or won't do those things, so there you go. All right, let's finish out today's episode with some hashtag AskDPA questions. First yep. comes from Claudio, who asks, something for newcomers to the show, like this, like a kind of mm-hmm, quote, mm-hmm. got your first Lamy Safari for a while, now what? So you've had a Lamy Safari for a while. Now where'd you go? I almost want to do a whole episode segment on this. Then maybe I'll I'll do that later. Because there's a lot of places to go, right? And I don't think I'm going straight into like, you know, the Twisbees that, that kind of like roll into that next category of pricing or the pilot prayers that go into the next category of pricing. I almost want to think about jumping this up into like a completely different category and i got i got to put some thoughts behind this because i don't know it might be too aggressive right if you if you like the lamy safari spending like 150 dollars on a pen would be like pretty rough right i mean i have a move a general idea my expectation is somebody who is you know they've they've had a lamy safari for a bit they're probably Mm -hmm. using cartridges Mm -hmm. right it'd be my expectation Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So my jump, like wherever you would be to get a bottle of ink, like a pen yeah. where, it, you know, you are buying it with the intention of you will fill it. So that's why I would actually go Twisby next. Like I think, personally. no, I think that's, I think that's the right answer. It's probably too big of a leap that I want to make. Yeah. And so I think the next logical step for me is like, now you get to, because like once you've had a Lime Safari for a bit, you are now over the initial fear of a fountain pen, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The next thing you've got to get over is the fear of an ink bottle. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think something like a Twisby Go or a Twisby a Eco and a bottle of ink, like that feels like the next step for me. I, I think you're I think you're exactly right. And for some reason I want it to be the next step from a safari into like a different design or a different feel or a gold nib. And I think that's probably just too far of a leap, right? You're going from probably, you know, nine times out of 10 cartridge Lamy Safari. Mm -hmm. Well, let's try a bottle of ink and a piston, piston filler next, right? That type of thing. Because until, until you've done that, you can't go further. I feel like, because it's Mm -hmm. all too intimidating. Yeah. And then you also, you unlock the, the second joy of fountain pens. Which is mm-hmm. finding an ink that you like, right? Right. I'm yeah. the pen addict now. It's like that. Ca- it's like that. Yeah. That meme yeah. with the captain thing. You know. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the, I'm the pen addict mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, no, that's good. Question from I Jeffrey: right. For new fountain pen collectors, is it better to go new or restored vintage? I mean, I think. I mean, it, we're the wrong people to ask this question to, right? Well, because we only have one answer, and it's the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if you're new and you're buying restored vintage, I think you're just setting yourself up for trouble. Yeah, right? I don't... Yeah. If you're new, you're going to buy new until you have this base of knowledge. Understanding... Then, you may... I mean, like, I'm this way, really. I, I have never gotten enough enjoyment out of vintage pens even restored vintage pens i yeah, and I, new old stock is a different thing right mm-hmm, i've had mm-hmm. that a couple of times but yeah I, I i'm not sure about i'm not sure about restored vintage in in general i look people love it it's a great thing right and there's some stuff that you can't get like um like the all of the Estabrook nib stuff, right? Right. Like the old right. stuff, or like the old Parkers, and you know we have so many friends that collect those, and right. you know, like, and that's a big thing. And I get it, but I've never been that kind of person, especially when there's already so much great new stuff. <laughs> yeah. So know. like that's you. Know, yeah, it's. I don't see how I could ever recommend, or it would be the right thing to say. Hey. The first, you know, pen or two you buy should be restored vintage. It's just such a different beast, and it's a different mentality, and it's great. Like I have plenty of restored vintage pens that I enjoy. Like I have a Parker Vacuumatic that I enjoy, that you know was restored. Like I would only, I'm not, I'm not someone who you know works on their their vintage pens, so I buy restored vintage, and like I get it. But if you're new, you just have to go. You have to go new. I, I I'm just, I, I guess I'll die on that hill, but. And I don't think we get that much pushback, but we'll get plenty of I love vintage. And yep. like, I get it. Like, you should. You should yes. love vintage. It should be your third pin. <laughs> you know, get get a, you know, you just, you need some time to do that. That's that's a really, really deep end of the pool to jump in from day one. Yeah, I think that there is a place there. I think that there's obviously great communities there and there's really fun, cool, quirky things you can find. But I agree. It's like, mm-hmm. take the advantage of the, advancements in technology to make the mm-hmm. on-ramp for yourself easier then go into like you know the on-ramp of of alami safari right mm-hmm. which is a mass-produced product modern mass-produced product then maybe look at vintage later on down the line right yep 
And finally today, Josh uh, writes in and says, I just listened to episode 494 where Mike mentioned he is scared of rubber Oster bottles. I'm in a similar position with ink samples and have dumped half of one on my desk. It's cleaned up now. I believe I found a better solution. I use Legos to create a holder for my ink samples. I'm sure with a bit of tinkering on some architecture sets, you can make one for a rubber Oster bottle. It's brilliant. I know Kimberly, uh, who writes for the Pen Attic, does that. She put one in her... Uh, one of her posts, and I think it was an ink sample one. I can't remember mm-hmm. if it was an ink sample uh, Lego holder or an ink bottle Lego holder, but you can modify them, Mike, to fit around the different uh, shape bottles that you have and uh, you know add a little do, bit Rob? of safety. Hmm. I could put the rubber Oster bottles inside of my Penwell Traveler. Oh, that like, the, what, what's the one that I have. Not the Traveler. Not the, traveler. the good no, one, the big one. That's not going to fit. I'm looking at it right yeah. now. No, There's if no I pop, way. If I pop the foam out, it will. No chance. No I, chance. I think it would. I I will. Uh, whatever you want to bet. I think it would. That's a, when you take the foam out. No. That's the, all right. The diameter of the bottle is much larger. No. Are you gonna test this now? I don't have Live. any ink here. Yeah, I don't have my bottles. I just put away my Oster bottles of ink right before the show, but I have my pinball sitting right here, and I'm looking at the circumference of after you remove the interior, no chance. Hmm. Zero. Well, Zero percent it, chance. I think it's possible, but you're going to know more than me. <laughs> nevertheless. <laughs> Follow up for next week. Yep. Never mind. Nevertheless, I think it's still a thing that, okay, Tony just tried it. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Nevertheless, I would like a product like that. So I mean, that yeah, you just need like some old ink wells and like have bases, but then you're like transferring ink into these bases. I don't uh-huh. know, but yeah, need some need some pen holder, need some pen holder style ink bottle holders. Mm-hmm. But the problem is they're only going to fit Robert Oster inks because that's kind of like one of the few tall skinny bottles, right? Like, yep, but they're one a, of the hardest would, to fill. And what it I would also be a would Robert want... Oster pen ink bottle holder <laughs> what i would want in that product is like it to be on an angle too so i could more easily get the bottom of the ink oh yeah, yeah. just just destroying people's desks one idea at a time uh-huh mm-hmm. do what i can all right if you'd like to send out a question for us to answer on the show just send out a tweet with the hashtag rstpa or use question mark rstpa in the relay fm members discord if you want to find brad online you can go to penaddict.com spokedesign.com Twitch.tv slash penaddict, where Brad streams three times a week. He is penaddict on Instagram and dowdyism on Twitter, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and you can find some products that I produce at cortexmerch.com. Uh, theme system journals are flying off the shelves right now. Uh, so if you want, if you still think you might want one, go get one. I will include a link in the show notes to a YouTube video that my uh, co-founder, CGB Gray, put together of how he uses his theme system journal. So it's completely different to how I use mine and how Brad uses used his. It's because this is the great thing about the product. Many people use it in different ways. I'm thinking about making a video of my own now too, which won't be as good as his, but just showing <laughs> like this is how I do it because I haven't seen his video. It was like we use this product completely differently, which is very funny to me. It's like the two people that work together to make it Use it completely opposite, but yep, yep, kind of the point. Uh, That's good. Yeah, so much to Pen Chalet for their support of this week's episode, and of course, thank you for listening. Until next time, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>